The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, welcome back to Afternoons with Mike. So glad to have you along with us. We broadcast every day at this time in Orlando, in Ocala and the Villages, and of course in Gainesville. And we're happy to have you along in the studio with me today. I am very excited about this one because I think it's going to be a learning opportunity for us all. I have with me today Charles Schaefe. He's retired from his own company, but that doesn't mean he's not working. He's still at it. And it's great to have Charles here with me. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mike. Great to be here. So tell me a little bit about the company that you led for a long time. What uh, You were an investment firm, and tell me how that all got started. Surely. Well, back in uh, 1989, we started uh, the Schaefe Group. Uh, Francis and I did, my wife, and we had a partner at that time. <clears throat> and we specialized in alternative investments. We were based here in Orlando area, and uh, until... Running the running the time until 2016, we were privileged to share uh, investment opportunities with uh, many affluent people. Most of them were very affluent, but some were not. And so it was a, a situation where we could represent our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and at the same time uh, work hard to provide quality investments for the people we were privileged to serve, which represented a quite a substantial number of people. We did a lot of luncheon seminars mm-hmm. and things like that over the years. And it was a, it was a real blessing. We had a, a small company and grew it to 12. And then uh, when things went south a little bit in uh, 2008 and nine, we started to cut back some. And, and in 2016, uh, no longer uh, had the practice after mm-hmm. the end of the end of the year. So you're happily retired from that work yes, since yes, 2016. Correct, correct. Yeah, so you went through that uh, hard economic downturn that happened in 08, 09, like you said. And yes, absolutely. That really affected just about everybody, didn't oh, it? Oh, it certainly did. It certainly did. And and uh, we saw a lot of a lot of hurt, but opportunities, too, for people to reassess where they were and where they wanted to go and uh, make some adjustments and everything. So we all had to roll with the punches, so to speak. And speaking of rolling with the punches, that happened again, of course, in 2020 with COVID coming. I'm sure that would have made a major impact on your work had you still been doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So COVID hit and we know what has happened since then. And but uh, going through that process, Mike, the first a uh, couple of years, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was a change in the administration mm-hmm. in Washington and uh, a lot of things changed. And, and uh, clearly when, when COVID came and impacted the lives negatively of, of uh, individuals, also businesses. And I guess the privilege we have to share today is, is the good news that could come out of that, out of the tragedies that, that occurred. And I think just about every family had Something to report. Uh, I personally uh, had a health challenge during that time period, and some yeah, so, more than others. Yeah, obviously. some some more than yeah, others. Yes, right. absolutely. I know my wife and I at the end of 2020 both got COVID, and uh, that was not fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was not fun at all. Right, absolutely. About the sickest I've ever been, and, uh, and yet I was fortunate in the sense that I never had to go to the hospital. 
or be on any type of breathing problems or treatments or anything like that. Yeah, same same thing with me. Yeah, yeah, that was a situation. But uh, through the through the tough times, uh, sometimes we can we can uh, really grow through that, uh, whether it's spiritually or uh, or whatever the case may be. Right. Really put things in perspective for life and family and and the situations. Now, we'll get to this uh, a bit of news that you are going to bring to us all about money and about uh, what is out there and what might actually be retrievable. That'll come up in a moment. But I learned that you were part of First Baptist and you've been around for in Orlando for a number of years. How did you come to know the Lord? Well, I came to know the Lord many years ago, and uh, but it was not at First Baptist. First Baptist is where the Chamber of Commerce, Christian Chamber of Commerce, was, and that uh, located and still is. Mm-hmm. And we were privileged to be members of not of the church of another assembly locally, uh, but uh, that's where we we had our meetings and everything. But I I came to know the Lord quite a few years ago, and and really it was a situation here in Orlando. Uh, where the the realization came that I I grew grew up as a um, mish kid as they say and you know my parents were missionaries in Africa and my dad was a pastor and and uh, that was many years ago and, and did I, you and, spend time in Africa yourself uh, no no I had two sisters that were born over there and mm-hmm. the, they were born in thirty nine and forty one I was born in forty four here in the United States but uh, my story is probably perhaps like many others, in that I grew up uh, in the church, uh, and I had the head knowledge, but not really the heart knowledge. Yeah, that's a common... Uh, you know, I received uh, uh, what was probably deemed to be uh, the Lord uh, in the denomination that I was at that time, going through classes and so forth, but mm-hmm. uh, there was not really the, the heart knowledge. And um, I'm, I'm very blessed that the Lord spared my life. I'm a Vietnam vet, and and, uh, you know, some situations have come about over the years and so forth. But here in Orlando, uh, it was an Easter of, of uh, 1980 that the in the service that the full realization of the good news of the gospel and Jesus' price paid on the cross mm. just really, uh, that they came home to me in such a real way. And that was the time that uh, I, I truly can say that's where I drove a stake in the ground and so to speak, and said, uh, you know, this this is this is the real thing. This is what I want for my life, and Jesus is my Savior. So this is all after you had gone to Vietnam and yes. all of that. Yes, absolutely. I, I was I was a good kid and, and uh, you know a good adult, so to speak, by the world standards uh, and so forth. But uh, I was not saved. Tell me about your Vietnam experience. What was that like? Uh, it was pretty strange. <laughs> Uh, in fact, uh, just trying to, this was 1967, and I got orders to go to Vietnam. I graduated from, from college in 66, and, and then in, uh, in, in 66 and 67, uh, for early part of, the, of my uh, era in, in the military. Now, you were drafted, right? Uh, well, I was going to be drafted, and I wanted, took a year. I was pretty gullible in those days, and my recruiter said, oh, you're a college man. You, how would you like to go to Germany? And I said, shoot, yeah, man, sign me up. And he said, well, you got to take another year. I said, I don't want Vietnam. Yes, I'll take it. And uh, so I, I enlisted, okay, in 66. And in 67, uh, I thought my, my orders came through for Germany, and I got the orders. <laughs> it's a funny story because I got them, and, and I said, oh, there's a mistake here. It says Vietnam. And I said, 
oh, wait a minute here. <laughs> so I went in and I said, uh, excuse me, there's there's a mistake here. I, I, th- this is clearly a clerical error or something. And I said, um, you know, what makes you think they said uh, that you're going to Germany? I said, well, my recruiter told me that. And he said, oh, you fell for that. You know, so, uh, oh, you know, good, good, good laughed and everything. So I ended up, but uh, a couple of strange incidents along the way, the plane that was taking us from New Jersey to uh, Vietnam, uh, we were supposed to land in Anchorage and for refueling. And uh, the announcement came, and there was a lot of consternation on the, on the plane as we got closer that the landing gear would not come down properly. So oh, they, the, the word goodness. went out to, uh, you know, have the trucks come out and all this kind of stuff. But we got down in this 1967, and I'm, I was a Georgia boy, you know, and all that. And, and uh, so we got down, and they gave us $30 for meals for one night because they were going to have to send another plane in. I said, man. That's that's this is high cotton here. Thirty bucks for one day, <laughs> and so anyway, that that everything was expensive. But long story yeah, short, right. there. So I got to Vietnam, getting down off the, uh, coming down off the uh, out of the plane and everything, and all of a sudden I heard zing zing, and I said, "Man, loud! I got skeeters over here." I'm, I'm a Georgia boy, so that's a mosquito. Okay, and uh, somebody said, "Get down, you idiot! Those that's incoming rounds." So we had. We had fire co- shooting at you. We guys. had fire coming in at that time, oh, and, and then goodness. even even the Lord used, I can see, in a mighty way, uh, while I was processing there. Uh, what during the processing time period, there was a uh, came over the internet, uh, or excuse me, not over the internet, but over the uh, loudspeaker, uh, loudspeaker, and everything. Uh, Shave report to uh, personnel. I went there, and there was a little guy there that I was in college with, and so how the Lord uses people. He used this this guy that I was in college with, who graduated just ahead of me, to see my name on the manifest, and I was supposed to go to play coup, which is in the upcountry. And at that particular time, they were t- they, the casualty rates were in the thirty to fifty percent, and uh, I didn't know that, that that that's where I was supposed to go. And he said, uh, "Listen, I tell you what, you don't want to go there. How would you like to go to Long Bend? Long Bend, Benoit, and Saigon were all together in the mm-hmm. southern part." Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Lord protected me. Well, again, I wasn't saved, and I came through that. And, you know, it was, uh, and there were some experiences there along the way there, and the major Tet Offensive was while I was there mm-hmm. and so forth, too. But I came through it. Lord blessed me, came back to the United States, uh, got out, got a master's degree, got a doctorate degree, and, and then short uh, few years in higher education, including Stetson, which is locally here mm-hmm. in central Florida. And then uh, financial services, and where I started the practice there before we ultimately retired. Wow, boy, that's something. So a little roundabout way. <laughs> that is a long road to uh, the PhD that you got there, yeah, right? Right, that's correct. My goodness, and you're thinking that there are bugs there buzzing your head, and it's live <laughs> rounds, ammunition, flying bullets in the air. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, I'm glad you weren't hit. Was anybody injured in that whole thing? Uh, yes, there was a, there was one guy that uh, he literally was ahead of me, and he he got struck on the on the tarmac. They medevaced him to uh, Japan, so he just waved on the way out. He said, "I guess this is my ticket real fast." <laughs> wow! Getting off the plane, he's hit yeah. with a bullet, and yeah. was he sent home after that? Do you know? I, I never know. Yeah, knew what yeah. happened on that one. But he got out of that area. Right. My goodness. A lot of stories. And, you know, it's it's crazy how that 
the person told you that you were going to Germany and <laughs> in <laughs> Vietnam. Oh man, that's uh, that was a crazy, crazy time. So you're just a little ahead. It's not every day I get to talk to someone that's a little bit uh, past me in age wise, and you've got me by just a little bit here. Is that right? Because I graduated high school in '71. Yeah, so uh, 62 here. Yeah, yes, so yes, nine years the difference, and you were there in Vietnam in the real height of that going. Yes. And uh, when I I was, uh, my draft number was uh, 200, uh, I was 201, and they took 200 on down. Oh. So I missed it by one. Right. Uh, I, I could not believe it. Well, the Lord had other plans for you. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and I, I was surprised. I'd wanted to go to college, but like everyone else at the time, Everyone, as as did you, had to put your what you wanted on hold, you know, for what our country was going through at the time. That's but, right. That's but I right. barely missed it. And uh, the, the people that were 200 on on down left the next day. Wow. Because it was really heated up just before it all ended, what, in 74 or whatever. Yeah, this right, was. right. So, that was the height of the Forrest Gump. Yes. Error over there. <laughs> it was, it, as it back. turns out, uh, with uh, all of the stuff that was going on, the My Lai uh, massacre and all right. of that was happening. Right. So it was a mess for sure. But a lot of our uh, listeners would relate to a lot of what we're talking about. We have a number of vets that would be listening to us today that probably uh, could share and swap stories with you, I'm, I'm sure. sure. I'm sure as well. But you came back and you, you went right back to school. Did you have any re-entry problems like many of the Vietnam vets? No, not really. Um, I, I consider myself a pretty level-headed guy, but there were a lot of uh, distractions obviously going on. Uh, but I, I, when I came back, I went back to the same college where I, at, for my master's that mm-hmm. I did my undergraduate work, and I was very familiar with it, and it was in, in Georgia, and that's a pretty conservative arena there where I was. And so a lot of the uh, protests and so forth that um, uh, were prevalent at that time period, just before that, uh, when I first came back, I was based in, in Oakland, an Oakland Army base right about San Francisco. And that was when um, they were gassing uh, Berkeley students oh, uh, daily wow, yeah. and all this There's kind of stuff. So much unrest. So it was, it was yeah. a, a lot of uh, protest and so forth at that time. Wow. I tell you, that, it's hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, you've, you've got a, uh, a really great view over the last, over your lifetime, really, of Yes. Uh, of uh, you know people that see the problems that America has today it's easy when they didn't live through what went on in the 60s and on into the 70s they they just wouldn't believe it was as difficult back then as what it was right but right. but you certainly lived through it sir and i so appreciate that now you got your doctorate your phd and what would that have, what was your study in uh, i was in university administration so i, I was uh, while i was there at indiana university I also was on staff uh, in an administrative capacity, and then I left there and went to Ohio University, and a uh, long, fancy title, but <laughs> it uh, it meant raising money for the university and, and doing some other things, and mm-hmm. then somewhat similar work down here at Stetson. Uh, and then in 83 is when I, I left that arena and um, came into the financial services arena and then worked work through, and then we finally established our own practice. So after you hit Stetson, you stayed in Florida, right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Oh, my goodness. Came here in 1978. 
Yeah. Stetson was a lot different back then, too. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. What, still a Baptist university at that point, right? It was. Yeah. It was. That's correct. Yeah. I don't think there's an affiliation now. I don't think so, but it's still a great school. Yes. And uh, I know that it's one of these local, uh, very nice local colleges that a lot of people wait hail from there and yes. studied there as did you. So that's pretty exciting. Charles Schaaf is my guest today. Uh, we're going to be back in a moment, but before we go, we've got a break coming up in just a couple of minutes. When you look back, what was it that turned your mind, turned your thoughts toward this world of investments after all that you had gone through? What was it that made you say, this is the field I want to pursue? Well, I, was, I would say, Mike, uh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about that for a while, but it was really uh, when I was in Vietnam, I was in the Finance Corps. So uh, my responsibilities were to pay the troops, so to speak. Is that right? Yes, yes. And uh, so everybody everybody liked us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there were some some uh, The guy situations. that signed the checks. <laughs> yeah, right. Those, those types of things. But uh, when I came out and then uh, in, involved in financial arena in, in uh, higher education, also administration, so when I left that, it was like, uh, uh, candidly, it was like uh, my original plan was to be a college president. But uh, and I don't know that I've shared this. I've never had been a public venue before, but uh, it came to me very clearly that I, I did not particularly like the political scene and, and some of the things that would go with that. And I was more uh, someone who was on a personal basis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I just made that decision came to it that uh, if I'm going to stay in this arena, uh, there are certain expectations of things to do and not do that uh, I didn't feel comfortable with in, in, in pursuing a presidency. And I was just a couple of notches away from that. So uh, the Lord, uh, I'm sure, was with me and guiding me then, uh, even though I was not saved at that particular time. That is so amazing how you can look back on your life right now and see the providential hand of God. Yes, absolutely. Long before you were a believer. Yes. And isn't that encouraging? That's just the grace of God Amen. in our lives because a lot of people think their relationship with good things that happens to them is because of their behavior. Right. That was not true and isn't true. Right. I had yeah. the, I had punched all the right cards and buttons, so to speak, and everything and getting the credentials, but uh, the, the personal satisfaction was not there. Yeah. I knew this was really not my calling. Mm-hmm. That's something. Charles Schaefer, and in a moment... We'll unveil uh, what he knows that might benefit you personally. This is Afternoons with Mike. We'll be back with Charles in just a moment. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Charles Schaaf is my guest today, and we left off with a little bit of a cliffhanger. 
uh, talking about something that he's uncovered and in his work with investments over the years, I'm sure that you found lots of ways for your clients to help them over the years with investments. And uh, I mean, that's been something that you've studied both professionally and I'm sure personally, but you, you have told me something that I wouldn't have known otherwise as I even heard about your coming in, Mark Goldstein, who you know. Yes. Yeah, Mark's a great guy, and he, he knows everybody in town, I believe. Yes, he does. But he was telling me that you have knowledge that that people might can benefit from. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure, sure. Well, I guess we all have something in common. Uh, certainly, and I look back at the Bible, and, you know, there, there are more than, I think, 2,000, 2,200 Verses dealing with money, okay, and about a fourth of those, um, uh, that number, 500 plus, have to do with prayer. So we know the Lord had much to say because he knows the way we are, the way we're wired and so to speak, that money is so important to us. And as we come through various phases of our life, and I saw this in the investment practice as well, Mike, but uh, in, in, in 2020, Clearly, when uh, we had such uh, tumultuous times in our society, a change in administration uh, in the White House and so forth, and then all of a sudden here comes coronavirus. And uh, during that time, we all got zapped either personally, as you said, uh, with yourself. And uh, I experienced a similar uh, in 2021, mm-hmm. the first part of that and everything. But it put things into perspective for a lot of people and certainly for the business world. Uh, and so what happened was that uh, as we transitioned into 20, uh, 2020 and when it first came out and all the tumult, tumultuous time there with the masking and the social distancing and everything else, well, and... Uh, and the lockdown. And the lockdowns, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And when all of a sudden it was like, wow, and it spread from uh, all over the world. And, and so there were many things and the educational process came to a halt, especially in the school, public school system and everything too. Our education was impacted uh, where I used to be. But what happened through all of that was all of a sudden businesses the, started experiencing tremendous uh, hurts financially mm-hmm. and uh, the, the employees and so forth. Well, the government uh, came into play and in, um, March of 2020, uh, then the first program came out. It was called the Paycheck Protection Plan, PPP. Mm-hmm. PPP. And uh, many of the folks that are listening right now perhaps were beneficiaries of that. And then there was another one called the EIDL, and that was an emergency-type loan program. It's not as popular. The third one was called the ERC, the Employee Retention Credit Program. So these three were out there, and most people uh, gravitated businesses. And I'm talking about all across the spectrum there of businesses, you mm-hmm. know, all the industries and so forth, whether it was uh, recreational, whether it was auto, uh, and, and, and so forth, uh, and all the others that we all can utilize and, and patronize on a daily basis pretty much. So all of those were impacted. But the PPP was most popular for a couple of reasons. Why? the banks were incentivized to reach out to their customers and to the business owners and say, here's something that you probably can qualify for. And, and at the t- time we didn't know that it was going to be, some of them most would be forgiven if they do, if they do the right things. And there were some abuses of course, as there are in any program. <clears throat> so 
that uh, that was in price. The EIDL was a, a small business loan type situation for emergency purposes. That was less embraced. And the ERC, the Employee Retention Credit Program, which is really what I'm, I want to uh, tout here today and the benefits of that, uh, that was not as popular because there were stringent rules that were put on that, Mike, at that time. If you got PPP, which the banks were incentivized to, quote, push, so to speak, mm-hmm. highly encourage their customers to be in a polite way of saying that, uh, then they could, they would not qualify for the ERC. Now, what was the ERC? The ERC is basically uh, the payroll, uh, involuntary payroll taxes that Americans had to pay for their employees, their W-2 employees. So that money went, of course, one way to the IRS, and to get that money back, there were the hoops were just too stringent. So we go forward a little bit. Now, so the second quarter and in uh, second, third, and fourth quarters of 2020 and the first three quarters of 2021 uh, were the six quarters that we really have dealt with the closures and the mandates and the, all the mm-hmm. social distancing yeah, and right. so forth that we all uh, have come, come through personally. So during that time period, then things started to change and, and uh, a lot of people did not know that the ERC was a, a possibility for them because the government looked at this. They put $400 billion aside for that. There are 40 million businesses in the United States uh, with a lot of employees, obviously. So this was geared towards, okay, we've got to do something, the government is saying, to stimulate the economy and reward the businesses mm-hmm. that are retained their W-2 employees the W-2 waste employees, full-time being 30 hours or more. So what came out of that then was a situation where they said, okay, you know what, these rules that we've had, if you got the PPP, you couldn't get it. Uh, Congress said, we, we got to change this. And the CARES Act that a lot of people are familiar mm-hmm. with yeah. then was changed in November of uh, 21 to say, okay, we're going to make this much easier for you, business owners, churches, nonprofits, okay, uh, 501c3 type entities, all of these qualify under this arena. So 500 or fewer employees between 100 and 500 for the medium-sized businesses, okay? But the bulk, uh, I think it's 62% or something like that of all the businesses in our country are the small, the mom and pop, so to speak, up to 500. So those that was the, the parameters and the criteria that you had to fall fall within, so then they said, okay, we will make this easier. If you got PPP, yes, you can, you, you can qualify for this if, or be eligible if you meet certain criteria. There are three primary criteria that had to be met. For the PPP? For, uh, no, not for the PPP, oh, the for ERC. the ERC, got right. Okay. The first one was <clears throat> uh, revenue reduction. So if you said, okay, the second quarter of, of 2020, you compare that with a non-COVID year, which was 2019, the second quarter of 2019, if you made less money, certain percentages, then that would be a qualifying quarter. So we're talking about qualification for each quarters of the six that I mentioned. The second one was a full or partial uh, closure. So the government may have said, uh, okay, gyms, uh, it was on the lot, a, lot of the, a lot on the news, they closed down the gyms, they closed right. down this and that, and restaurants had social distancing, your right. tables, no in-service uh, meals and so forth, only takeout. So it just hammered the economy. So if you had a full or a partial closure, that was another one. 
And then if you had a supply chain uh, interruption that neg- that negatively impacted your business. Well, that's just about everybody, yeah. too. Holler Honda, for example. Yeah, okay, right. we, we own three of them. We've yeah. had three. They Some of them couldn't get their parts. So I remember we had a situation. They said, I'm sorry, it's back ordered, and mm-hmm. uh, we don't know when it's going to come in, whatever the case may be. Okay. So if you met the criteria, you could check the box for one of those three, then you would qualify for the ERC. Now, what does that mean? Well, that meant that uh, you could possibly get back the uh, a percentage or whatever it would work out to according to the formula, and there are about 200 pages of the 7,000 pages or whatever it is on the IRS code that deals specifically with payroll situations. So it had to fit within the first box that you could check, one of the three, or it could be that you had all three situations and everything. So then you would be in a situation where you could apply for this. Now, how do you do that? Well, I am what is called a tax rebate specialist. So my job is basically marketing. Okay, I'm not selling anything. I'm informing business owners Small and medium-sized business owners, I'm informing charities, churches, mm-hmm. uh, nonprofits, and so forth, that this is something that they could uh, consider. And some may say, well, you know, uh, let me check my CPA. My, or my CPA said, I don't qualify for this. Well, it's nothing against the in, in the world of CPAs. I dealt with them for over three decades in my investment practice and was a speaker many times at conferences and so forth. But every CPA can't be an expert on everything. So this is a very intricate part of the code that has to be dealt with precisely in a right manner. So we say don't be a a guinea pig for something like that, although quite a few CPAs have helped their their clients. I'm not putting them down. I'm just making a reality Mm -hmm. statement. Yeah, right. Okay, so, so what I do then is to help them to learn if they do qualify, uh, if they would contact me, then I'll be glad to uh, give them a link uh, and I even have a QR code on my business card where that would go straight to that. And they could answer, answer five or six simple questions in the name of their business. Uh, are they a part of the uh, a government entity? They could, could not be mm-hmm. Orange County schools and get this, for example, something like that. And uh, how many employees do you have? And did you were you negatively impacted in these arenas? Now, when I said a revenue reduction, I should come back and, and change that a little bit. They could actually make, have made more money, but if they lost a certain percentage, then that was a qualifier. Mm -hmm. Making more was okay. So then I gather the information. uh, They would would enter the number of full-time employees they had in 20 and in 21 on an average basis. And then uh, very quickly, the the software would be able to say, okay, you had um, 10 employees in, in 2020 and in uh, 12, maybe in 2021, bingo, and you answered the correctly these questions, or according to your situation, any, mm-hmm. any answer was going to be correct, of course. And then uh, a number would pop up, uh, a general number, to say this is a potential dollar amount that you may uh, be qu- be qualified for. And this would be reimbursed by the government, right? Right. Now, this, and now it, that's interesting. I'm glad you made that statement because when we say reimbursed, here's what's going to happen. It's like that. It's a rebate. But the treatment by the IRS code is this, that when they send something back, we've all gotten checks back in the mail. I'd say most of us get a refund back from our mm-hmm, personal right, taxes. Right. Okay, but here 
the government would be sending back the once the IRS basically lines up with the information provided and it matches what has already been presented to them in terms of the payroll documents, the 941s with the W-2 employees on a quarterly basis and so forth. When everything matches up, that's it. Okay, uh, you qualify, you paid in X amount in this particular quarter in payroll taxes, and now based on the criteria and every, the information that has been provided according to the Internal Revenue Code, then they tell the Treasury Department, the Department of Treasury, send Mike a check for X amount of dollars. Hmm. Okay, and on that check that you will get, you also get a transmittal letter from the IRS. We've all gotten them to say, uh, you forgot this or that or whatever, or we're looking at this and we're going to audit you or something. But there's always some kind of notification there. So it's an actual notification to say this is an overpayment of payroll taxes for uh, as of June 30th of 2020, which would have been the second quarter that it would have covered. And, and that's, it's an overpayment. Okay. So overpayment means it's a rebate coming back to you. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at this is that we say, okay, it's my money to start off with. I've sent it to the government to run our country, so to speak. Okay. For all the reasons there, but now I qualify, I'm eligible to get some or all of that back Mm. to come back into my bank account (laughs) uh, as a business owner. And uh, had I been in business still with 12 employees back in, in uh, you know, 2020 and 2021, we'd already retired by then, it, it could have been very substantial. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? It does. And it sounds like the people that would benefit the most from it are obviously business owners. Yes. So uh, that's the bulk of the people. Now, you did mention nonprofits. So there are churches that yes. w- would qualify because they have employees. They're employees. Ab- absolutely. And so what I'm hearing is every business owner, every church, every leader of a nonprofit that has employees uh, would be a potential benefactor from this this process. Just about, yes, just about all of them. Here's the basic criteria. You have to have at least one W-2 employee full-time, 30 hours or more, Mm -hmm. that's not the the business owner, okay, or, or an immediate family member. In other words, Francis and I would, uh, she, we were co-owners of our business and so forth. So we would not have qualified. But our twelve employees, they would be they would be in a situation where they would be counted in this mm-hmm. in this entity because they were full time. Now, so people that you've worked with, Charles, what would be some of the examples of a staggering type of windfall get, uh, receipts? From this ERC, what would what would be a, a number that you've seen come back? Uh, the smallest number has been in the teens. Uh, I think thirteen thousand for a barber. Okay, uh, the most has been uh, several million dollars. What? Several million dollars because the maximum, Mike, uh, according to this particular program, is twenty six thousand dollars per W two employee if all the boxes are checked for six quarters and all of these circumstances fall into place. So now that's unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average is going to be uh, less, far less than that, okay, typically in the lower teens, but you, you just don't know. Now, a ministry, for example, may have, uh, it may be the pastor, and then, then we've got a church secretary, and we've got a minister of music and worship leader and so forth, like you've been before and so forth. 
So there may be, for a typical church, there may be anywhere from, say, three to five to ten, mm-hmm. yeah, right. ten, ten uh, employees. So we could be looking uh, at six figures and something like that, but every situation is different. Every situation, and, and see, the when I make that, that reference about a church, the salaries typically for those in, uh, yeah. that are in that occupational arena of service to the Lord are not going to be... Uh, like in a technology company where the salaries are much higher. So the numbers and the variables are all going to come into play. So these would fall in, kind of in the main category of almost like a repayment or a, a reimbursement back for overpayment exactly. of, of taxes then. So it's exactly. not like this is not uh, welfare coming from the government for, for you. This is actually a, a mathematical computation based on what you did and for your qualified uh, employees that are under that, That's right. they might get this money back almost just like you would, like you said, from a, a 1040 that's coming that, back. That, that's correct. And and just like uh, individual taxes, you know, for the last few years, the IRS has been way behind. I know it took... Well, we uh, know they've got 87,000 or any <laughs> new employees well, hopefully, hopefully that's not going <laughs> to come to come to fruition, Mike. And, and uh, that's my prayer that it's not going to be. But uh, it it does take time. So there's patience here. But it costs nothing to find out. Well, let's get back to that question because I think a lot of people are going to say, okay, what next? Let's talk about what's next. Charles Schaaf is my guest today. This is all fascinating. I've not heard of this before. You probably haven't either, but we'll uncover more of it. When we return, this is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Charles Schaaf is my guest today, and Charles, for many years, had his own investment company. He's worked in this kind of business for a long time. He is a PhD in uh, all things finance like this and has this knowledge. And it sounds like even though you retired, as you said, from the work in 2016, you're still very involved in helping people uncover some of the money from this thing called the ERC overpayments Right. And uh, you're helping people get back sometimes staggering amounts of money that is actually due them. It's not being given to them. Again, I want to stress this is more like uh, a re- like an income tax return type of a thing of uh, based on monies that have been paid in in the past. Right. Uh, rightfully coming back to these companies with these qualified employees. That's correct. So the question that a lot of people are going to have if they're a business owner or maybe they're a church, they're going to say, how do I, how do I even approach the first steps? Right. Well, let me just spell out, uh, Mike, there's, there are several basic steps. Uh, they have to contact, uh, they could call me. Um, my number is 407-310-6417. That's 407-310-6417, Charles Shape. Uh, that's my cell. I'm glad to talk with you and I can provide a link uh, through email, uh, if I see you, then I've got a QR code on my business card. But through that, then to, to start the process, there would be uh, the basic qualifications have to be met to mm-hmm. determine eligibility. 
and uh, just five or six simple questions. And they would say, well, you know, what is your name? What's the business name? What's the church name or the or the charity, the 501c3 or, or the school, whatever the case may be. And then they say how many employees they had in 20 and 21. Did they have supply chain disruptions? Did they have less revenue? Or would they have altered hours and capacity issues, close, partial closures or full closures? And then that very quickly, that number, they will get instant feedback from that. And they can see what, for the number of employees they had, this is a potential. Now, I have to stress that it's only potential until the process goes full cycle, so to speak, or not full cycle, until it reaches a certain point before the filing. It has to be reviewed. It has to be reviewed Mm -hmm. and analyzed. and, And according to the 200 pages of the Internal Revenue Code by payroll experts and so forth. And then the next step would be, okay, Yes, my goodness. You mean to say that here's money on the table, so to speak, that's my money, the business owner is saying this, or the pastor or the mm-hmm. or the administrator for the 501c3. This is money that we have sent in, uh, not just in good faith. I mean, it's mandated by law. That's right. Yeah. Okay, we you have no choice in it, and it's there. But you mean to say I can get part or a lot or most of that back into my, my checking account? Oh, well, the answer is yes, all all the things line up. And here's what happens then. So then I help facilitate the gathering of information, the basic information you would expect because you're dealing with the IRS and these are payroll Mm -hmm, taxes. mm -hmm. So payroll documents, the form 941s, a quarterly transmittal document. And then did you get PPP, the payroll Mm -hmm. uh, paycheck protection plan? If you did, when did you get it and how much did you get and so forth, and uh, and that's that's basically it, okay? And a couple other questions to fine-tune everything. And then we ship that, all that information, up to a group that we partner with, and it's a group of over 200 professionals, CPAs, tax attorneys, enrolled agents, some former IRS agents, and then, of course, staff members and so forth. And they focus, Mike, exclusively in this arena, payroll tax arena, uh, as it relates to the code for all of these situations, so they have they have all the documents for from the government for every state, territories, Puerto Rico, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and so forth for every circumstance that could come up. They focus on this. Uh, I, I, in my due diligence, I was very impressed to see that on the board of advisors they had uh, a former U.S. Attorney General and the current Attorney General for the state of Utah. I was on their advisory board, and these kind of people don't put their names out there and their credentials and so forth and their reputations if it's not, quote, legit, okay? Mm -hmm. So then these people uh, collect, analyze, and everything, all the aspects of this, and then within typically two to three weeks, varies according to what the size of the entity may be in the, oh, we still need this document or whatever, two to three weeks, it comes back to them electronically. And at that, that point, then the business owner, uh, they say, here is the number you qualify, uh, whatever the business is, for X amount, um, thousands, hundred thousands, million plus, whatever the case may be, okay? Wow. Now, for us to proceed and cost nothing for the business owner up to this point, zero, to actually come to this station mm-hmm. where they know what, what that number is going to be. So at that time, then the business owner has the decision to make, okay, 
I got to pay a fee for this. Obviously, this hadn't been done for nothing, so to speak. Uh, so the at that time, the business owner has a choice. They can say, "Okay, um, my it's going to be one hundred fifty thousand as an example for ten percent up front, fifteen thousand dollars in that case on one hundred fifty thousand. That's the fee for to be collected at that time for this group." that we're affiliated with to send the filing to the IRS. Once it goes to the IRS, the IRS is the IRS, and it may, they say, hey, give us uh, six to ten months on this. Okay, but reality is some of them come back much, much faster, and we say you got to be patient, just like a refund for your 1040. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, sometimes we wait three to six months or something like that. So it could be that three to six-month time period. It could be less, could be more, but typically in that time period. And so that's that's kind of the end game there. Or they have a choice. At that time, the business owner may say, "Look, I have, I have taken a whacking. You know, I I just don't have ten percent at this time, but I'm willing to wait. So if they're willing to wait, still not putting any money out there, pay fifteen percent when it comes back from the IRS. So either ten percent up front, or fifteen percent when they get the money in hand. The IRS would actually send a check for each quarter that they qualify for up to six quarters. Mm-hmm. It's potential that another quarter would be added to that last quarter of 2020, but that's, that's a political football right now. Nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen with that. So when they get the money, when they get the money from the IRS, uh, there, there's a con- contract, obviously they're contractually liable to get 15% of that amount. In this case, it'd be 225 uh, mm-hmm. on 150. So as a business owner, for many years, I would gladly pay, uh, you know, 15% to get 85 of that back in my coffers, in my bank account, when I didn't know I could get any of it. Now, a question you see what I I'm saying? Have, yeah, if this is um, legally due, those people, I guess one question that I think a lot of people would have, and I'll ask it for them, why would they need to pay 10 to 15%? on monies that is rightfully theirs from the government, would they not be able to file whatever it is to get it back without that? I'm, uh, I'm only aware of just a handful of individuals who have the, the ability to make these kind of analysis and, and to be an expert on a couple hundred pages mm-hmm. of the code to do that. Okay. Now, if they, if they have their CPA to help them or an accounting firm and so forth, they're going to pay a fee to their CPA, and it may be less, it may be more, it may be mm-hmm. about the same. Okay. The ten percent uh, is is the bottom line on a, paying it up front, or fifteen percent later. Some other entities out there in the country uh, have fees that run up to even forty percent. So we're we're down at the bottom of the of the, yeah. of the structure for doing that. So we're so basically, it's almost like you're paying a service, correct, to have this money kind of, uh, and you're ending up with eighty five percent of a of a sum that could be quite large. And you wouldn't have had any of that at 85 without this effort. Then. That is correct. And yeah. about and 80, 85%, that's a good, uh, 85% approximately of the applicants of this actually choose the deferred payment until 15% at the mm-hmm. end. Because so, they're not having to take, their their ultimate take back would be a little less, but they're not having to put that money up front. Yeah, nothing up front. And there, there are no upfront fees. Uh, this is not a loan. Mm-hmm. And here's a key. There are no restrictions, no restrictions on how they use the money. 
What about any guarantees that if they pay out, uh, the, let's say they, they choose the 10% method and they pay this out and you, like you said, it, it is the IRS and will they have, is, does it ever happen where people pay that fee and then they don't get the rest of it? Uh, I'm not, a, not with the group that I'm associated with, mm-hmm. uh, but it is, and it will be there in writing that it would be refunded. If that's the case, so if it turns out the IRS says, "Whoa, you guys really missed this," uh, no, there is no rebate. Okay, so okay, it's then guaranteed then that they're right, not going right, to lose money. Right, and 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 the flip side of that t- side too is the knowing what's going on <laughs> going on now in our society and in our in the governmental structure. There's a lot of mistrust. Mm-hmm. Okay, so somebody may say, "Well, you know." I don't know the IRS. I just don't like dealing with them. Well, here is a, it's a different from uh, than, than an individual situation. These are payroll taxes that went there. Mm-hmm. It's not a government handout. It's a rebate, a refund of taxes that we have personally through our business. If I'm the business owner, I'm speaking for me as a business owner, have paid. So in the in the um, uh, audit. Mm-hmm. potential they these the, the deal the entity that we deal with the, the group that we payroll part, excuse me we partner with mm-hmm. that does the processing uh they have an audit um trail all the way through everything that is every do, everything documented according to the code so there's there not been any problems and actually the um, uh the audit percentage as i understand it from the irs is less than a half of one percent and those are typically of, of ones that, are, that have been seven figures, a million or greater, that they take a look at, mm-hmm. but uh, very, very small. And the group that I'm a part of, they've actually submitted to the IRS in excess of 50,000 uh, filings. And wow. I think it's about $9.2 billion that have come back. That's a lot of money. What percentage of churches that you're aware of that would have uh, taken advantage of this have received back monies that would be uh, a good, do you have any idea? I don't, no, I don't. Um, I would say there are a lot of churches uh, that one don't know anything about it, especially smaller ones that, you know, that do not have big staffs and things like that. So it, it can be very substantial. Any Anything coming back is mm-hmm. going to help a church in, in their outreach and everything, and certainly charities and others too. So I would say uh, churches are, are certainly um, uh, fruitful opportunities for exposure to this. Uh, everybody who's listening to this program potentially goes to church and has a church. So to make their pastors and and others in the in the leadership to aware of something like this to explore it uh, and and not to just sometimes sometimes you have to be kind of uh, firm and not uh, not allow somebody to kind of take things away from you. When somebody has told, been told, oh, I'm sorry, you don't qualify for this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just can't take it as that being true because uh, as a quick story, if I may, Mike, is that I know we're just about out of time, oh, but yeah, yeah quick, quick story is the gentleman who formed this uh, processing group in Utah was told personally by his CPA, you don't qualify for this. And he and just didn't sit right with him. So he'd really checked and studied and and uh, this, his enterprise that I'm a part of has come out of that, that indeed he did, and it was very substantial. So everybody can't be an expert in everything. That's right. And for people to reach you, what's the web address again? You've given your phone number already. Web address is taxrebatespecialist.com. 
forward slash A Z L S D L A E. That's tax, T A X, rebate, R E B A T E, specialist, S P E C I A L I S T S dot com forward slash A Z L S D L A E. Thank you for being with me here today. And friends, thanks for joining us on this. And we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.